You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Thank y'all for coming to church on this holiday weekend. I appreciate this. Makes you feel good, okay? Um... We're going to continue on with our, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you a little joke real quick. See these things I have on my hand, my face right here? See these great, great, wonderful things right here? I guess it's called the 40-year-old curse. I never wore glasses in my life until I turned 40 years old. I can't even read my Bible without having my glasses on. That's not cool to me, okay? That is not cool. I'm like, seriously, really? So I'm going to wear my glasses today so I can see what's going on. No, seriously. Anyway, uh, we're going to continue. This is the last part of the um, Untouchable series, week five. Y'all been enjoying it so far, right? It's been good, right? So thank you in the front row. Uh, but we're going to continue on with, the, of course, the, the story of Zacchaeus. And Pastor Todd told me, hey, you get to land this plane. I said, yeah, this verse, I got the two best verses in the whole story. This is the best one. It's like, yeah, awesome, right? And so today... That if the title of the the message today would be proper perspective. How many know that Jesus gives us proper perspective, right? On everything that we do if we ask him, right? And so we're going to jump right in. Let's go to um, Luke chapter 19 and verse 9. It says, Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you and your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. How many know then in this story, Jesus has been teaching us all that he's the great teacher. He taught us all a lesson. Even today, he's teaching us a lesson when we read this story because I was telling him, I'm 42 years old. I'll be 43 in January. I know, like, I'm like, I'm 25, right? I like 25 for real. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway, whatever, whatever. Anyway, but uh, no, reading the story all of my life, I realized, I said, God, this story, it, it, it's amazing. We make it so, so like, elementary and we say there was a short guy that climbed a tree to see Jesus he came to his house and the story's over which in truth that's where the story goes but in this whole story he was teaching the the people that I'm teaching you guys a lesson just because somebody is not what your mold of that person is doesn't mean I can't touch them and save them he's teaching me that today Grant just because they don't like a mini you don't mean I can't touch him it's his call my opinion doesn't matter. When it comes to saving souls, only his opinion matters. He can save somebody that I'm like, God, are you sure? I, do you know who that is? I know what they did last night. It's none of your business. It's my business. And I came to save those people, right? And so he's our teacher. He's teaching us every day. Don't be so, I don't want to use, don't be so elementary and say, oh God, you can't, you can't save those people, right? Yeah, I can do what I want to, when I want to, right? So, he's, so the first point be, he's, he's the great teacher. In this whole story, he was teaching the people a lesson. The worst man, the most dirty man, the man that cheated, stole, stealing things, he did all these bad things. He says, I want to go to your house today. His house? You should, Jesus, do you know what he's been doing? Don't worry about it. I want to go to his house today. What a uproar that caused because I can hear the person in the back like me would say, but Jesus, I get up every morning and read my devotionals and I pray to you and I go to church every time the doors are open, I'm there. You didn't pick me? No, I didn't pick you. 
I want that guy. And see, I didn't tell the first service this, but I think the reason he picked Zacchaeus was one key. One key. He picked Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus, he climbed a tree. He worked. He did something different than anybody else did. He was trying to see him. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be at that very moment that I can see Jesus. I forgot about that. Sorry for our service if you're listening. I, I apologize. That was a good point. But yeah, he did something different that no one else did. He climbed in a tree. He worked a little bit to see Jesus that day. Anyway, but he's the great teacher, right? And the next point, he's the great redeemer. I took some time this week and I like looking up words just to see the definition of words. I think it's cool. And, and redeemer is a person who redeems. And I said, yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't really mean, I mean, so what, right? A person who redeems. Then I looked up what redeem meant. It says to free from captivity by payment of ransom. Wow. To free from captivity by payment of ransom. That means you were captive. You were caught. Like in a net, right? Like when, you, like when you throw a net out there for fish and the fish all get in that net, they can't get out. That was me. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to free you. I'm going to free you today. He died on the cross. The moment he died on the cross, his life was taken. There was ransom. He bought my life back. So said, no, you're not going to die. You're going to live forever, right? So he's the great redeemer. He came, and, and Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, this whole, this, whole, um, this whole series, all of Luke, I was reading the commentary, and the whole book of Luke can be summed up in, chapter, in verse 10. And it's somewhere there, but I'll read it right here. It says, the son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. That's to sum it all up. It says, the son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. And once again, it's not my favorite song, but it's probably my second favorite song. It says, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me? See, you think, about it, think about yourself. You're going to pursue me? You sure, God? You know what I've done? You know what I've, in my past, you know all about that? Believe it or not, he does. Hate to break the news to you, he knows everything you've ever done. Whoa, that's earth shattering, right? It's crazy, right? He knows everything. And I was making an example of, you know, God pursues us like, we can bring it to a, a man and woman relationship. It's, it's perfect analogy here. When I was, me and my wife first met, it was a long time ago. Wow, it was a long time ago. Ooh, some of you weren't even born in the room when that was going on, right, Justin? <laughs> anyway, anyway, but uh, no, a long time ago, when I first met my wife, we weren't, I didn't see that connection of every boyfriend and girlfriend, it was just friends, like, ooh, no, I wouldn't date her, she's not, not my type at all, like, uh, that's, not my, that's not my type, right? But the more I got to know her, the more I got to know about her, the more I was like, hold on a minute, hmm. That's not that bad after all. And the more that I got to saying, hey, do you want to go ride bikes? Or hey, you want to go to the movies? Just friends, right? And in the back of my mind was like, God, I think I found a connection. I like this connection. And you know what I started to do? I started to pursue her. 
Not in a weird way. Don't look at me all weird like that. Not in a weird way. In a cool way, right? I wasn't a creep, okay? Quit laughing like that. You don't, it's not funny. But no, I wasn't a creep. I pursued her though, right? I said, man, I like this young lady and I think she likes me. So I'm going to be friends with her first. Any, if you want any advice right now, I'm giving you free advice. If you want to get a good girlfriend, become friends first. Don't just jump into it. Become her friend first. It's okay not to jump into something. Be her friend. She needs a friend first. And I promise you, you do that. Wow. Well, 21 years later, I'm the happiest man in the world. So I'm just saying, become her friend first. It's worth it. But I pursued her. I went after her. I wanted her. Just like Jesus does you. The Bible says you come to seek. When you're seeking for something, you're trying to find something, right? Am I right? Like, I'm, I'm seeking for my keys. Where are my keys? I don't know where they are. I'm trying to find it. So whatever rock you're hiding under, whatever tree you're trying to climb up to hide from Jesus, whatever you're trying to go down under so he can't see you, newsflash, he knows where you're at, okay? But he come after you. He wants you. There's nothing he wants more than you. That's the kind of God he is, right? And I know I'm going fast, but this, this next, next uh, number three here is the, is the best one to me. Okay, I'm sorry. The best one to me. We're going to, and the point I have on number three is, it is untouchables. And it goes to Matthew 26, and I'm going to read a little story. It's kind of long, but it, It'll be okay. We got 15, almost 16 minutes. It says, then Jesus went to Bethany to the home of Simon, a man Jesus said healed of leprosy. A woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with a fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus and in a lavish gesture of devotion, she poured out the costly oil and it cascaded over his head as he was in the table. When the disciples saw this, they were offended. Say that. The disciples were what? Offended. Listen, it's going to come back to that key in a minute. What a total waste. They grumbled. Really? We could have sold it for a great deal of money and given to the poor. Jesus knew their thoughts. This is so cool. He knew their thoughts and said to them, why are you critical of this woman? She has done a beautiful act of kindness for me. You will always have someone poor whom you can help, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body for burial. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will also be mentioned in memory of her. Hmm. Wow. The part that I like was, it says that when she started pouring the oil, the disciples were, what was the word? Offended. They were offended. Why were they offended? I don't understand. She looked different than them. She acted different than them. She probably smelt different than them. And she probably talked different than them. Can I tell you a secret? You know where the disciples are today? Come on, point at yourself. It's okay. Point at yourself. It's all right. You're the disciples today. Why this microphone? Oh, it doesn't matter. But you're the disciples today. Why is it? Can I ask you a question? And it's me too. I'm talking to Grant here. Why is it when someone doesn't look like us, act like us, smell like us, talk like us, that we get a little bit offended by it? 
Oh man, hey, I got a seat for you here. You, you don't smell like me. Let's, let's sit there in that chair. That's perfect for you. You know what? You don't talk like me. I don't know why you don't talk like me. I got somewhere for you to sit right here, okay? Keep it going. No, I'm kidding. But no, why do we do that? Why? And I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me here. Not you guys. I'm talking to me. Why is it that I can't accept that everyone's not going to be like me when they come in these doors? They might not know how to act. They may never been to a church church before. They might not have enough money that they have running water at their house. See, guys, I'm talking about real life stuff, not something that doesn't happen every day. My wife's a public school teacher. She can tell me stories that I'm flabbergasted by. Where's that was for Teresa today, that word, flabbergasted. She would love that. Sorry, Teresa, that was for you. Okay, that was for you, Teresa. But they're flabbergasted by the story. She says that things, there's kids in the school that you guys would be utterly shocked that things happen in public schools. The kids that go home to no parents, to no food, to no running water, they're lucky to have a bed in their house. And they're the ones we're trying to reach. And you know why we can't reach them? We're not relatable. That's weird to us. You ain't got a bed. Why ain't you got a bed? It takes money to buy a bed. If you haven't noticed, beds aren't free. See, guys, everyone's not blessed to have everything that we have. And that's the people God wants us to reach. See, he wants us to reach the people that might need a bar of soap to clean up. That's okay. They can sit by me. I've stunk before, too. I'm pretty sure I have. You know what? And I work with guys that don't know how to talk very well, but they can sure sit by me any day of the week they want to in church. They can just sit right by me. I don't care. They don't act like me. That's okay. You don't have to act like me. Guys, here's the deal. What's scary? Here's scary. Here's a scary fact to me. The soul serves about the untouchables, the people out there that are untouchable, right? Here's what God told me. Told me. I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to me. He said, Grant, be careful. Be careful. Because I don't think they're the ones that are untouchable. I think you're the one that's untouchable. Do you get what I'm saying? People don't come to church because we're the ones that are untouchable. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? That's not how we talk in church. That's not how we dress in church. That's not how. Who made you the church police? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who made you that person? See, to me, guys, church is like a... The hospital is for sick people. Church is that for the sinners and the lost. That's what church is about. We're the hospital for the lost. We should be, have our arms open. We should be the ambulances, us, to get out there and bring them into church. That's the key. And why aren't we doing it? I really don't know. And he hit me hard this week, guys. I'm talking to Grant. He hit Grant hard this week. Grant, what are you doing? You talk like it's really, you talk like you're about it. You act like you're about it, but your actions aren't showing anything. Right? Right. Okay. It's okay. I understand. I get it. It's not one of them. (laughs) Tough crowd. No, I'm kidding. No, but I get it. It's not one of those, you know, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be hit you right here. Right? Right? Yes. Yes. It's what it's about. What are we doing? See, it's not good enough to talk a big game. Had a, uh, my, um, the pastor all my life before I came to Texas, that was his biggest thing in church. If he said it every week, he said it a million one times. He said, talk is cheap. Anybody can talk. I can pick any of you guys out here right now and give this mic to you. You can get up here and do what I'm doing if you just look at my notes and read them. Right? So talk's cheap. You got to have a little bit of action. A little bit of proactivity. 
if you want, if you want, if if you know what I'm saying. It's not good enough to say, well, I love the lost. I want the lost to come to church. That's why we open the doors for three services. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But wouldn't it be better if you went out there and told them where your church was at and you brought them to church with you and they could see, hey, these people do care about me, right? See, we don't need to be the untouchables. We need to be so, so open. So, you know what, guys? I care about you. You know why? Because Jesus cared about me. I was lost once too. I was going to hell one day. All because someone cared enough about me to tell me Jesus. If you know anything about Pastor Justin, I give him props, give him props again in this service. Anything about him, take time at all and talk to him just a little bit. You'll find out that his heart is as big as the state we live in. He loves people. And he does not want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't even understand it, really. He says, everyone should go to heaven, right? Yeah, they should. I agree. But the real truth is they're not. And why aren't they? Guys, it's our job. It's us. What are we doing? We got to tell them. It's not good enough just to say something, right, Justin? We got to go out there and do something about it. At work the other day, I drove a forklift for the distribution center, and he might be watching now. If he is, I'll apologize later at work. I, I don't think he is, but that's okay. Um, I'm not going to use his name, so it doesn't matter. But there was a young man at work. I say young man because he always jokes about my age. I could be his dad, so I mean, a young man at work. And uh, yeah, thank you for that in the front row. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. But no, it was a young man at work, and he was, and we were talking. Well, we weren't talking. He's always upbeat, you know, running fast, getting the orders done, and always on, man, he's good at great attitude, and just joking around. And that day in particular, he had his head down, and he was just going just pretty slow pace. And he went by me once, and the Holy Spirit said, hey, Grant, my own chest, that guy, what's wrong? Ask him what's going on. You know what this fool did, talking about me? I let him go by me. I didn't say a word to him. And God said, I'm going to give you another chance, okay? Bring him back by again. I want you to ask him what's going on. You know what this fool did twice? Wow. Unbelievable. I let him go by again. And then I got down off my lift. I said, God, just give me one more chance. I apologize. Why am I so ignorant? You tell me to do something. I need to do it. There's another lesson, but I'm not going to get on with that. But if you tell me to do something, I want to do it for you. Just one more time. God, let him come by one more time days going around. I'm doing my job and he's in the other aisle, but I had stopped to pick a paddle up and he pulls into the aisle and he stops his lift. I jump off my lift. I go under the, under the rack right there and I say, hey, hey, no, no names. Come here real quick. And he moped over there like this and real slow. And I said, hey, buddy, you're not yourself today. What's, what's going on? You're not, you're not just all, you know, like you always are. And he said, I just lost my uncle. It was like a father figure to me. He didn't have a dad in his life. And I was awestruck. And I was very upset with me. Because I could have not talked to him that day. I could have let it go. Not said a word. He would have went home. And I probably wouldn't know any different. But shame on me. That I almost let that slip away. See guys. This is our job. This is what God's called us to do. Why aren't we doing it? I really don't know the answer. God, I asked God today, last week, all week long, I said, God, what, what, why are we not being proactive 
Like when I read in your word, when the disciples did these, all these crazy things to bring people in and they were getting results at results at results and they were getting beat, thrown in jail, talked about way worse than what we get done to us. And we can't tell somebody about Jesus. Shame on me. I have freedom. I'm not getting told. You say one more time, I'm going to throw you in jail. No one's ever told me that. Grant, talk, talk about Jesus, I'm going to whip you with a belt. No one's ever told me that. But yet we're so hesitant to say, it'll be okay today. Like Pastor Justin said, I'm not sure which pastor said it, but it's okay. One of them said it. We're okay. We're okay. Pastor Todd said, we're okay with going to bed at night, laying our head down on our pillows, and have a good night's sleep knowing that the people we talk to every day are dying and going to hell. We're okay with that. You're okay with getting a good night's sleep, but your best friend is going to hell. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congrat- I hope you can look at him tomorrow and say, I would have talked to you about Jesus, but I don't have time. Hmm. Tell them that when they're in hell. It's too late. I'm just saying, guys, we got to be more proactive. And this is an original quote. My wife did this, so I can't, and she's watching, so I got to say this. <laughs> she just texts, I was watching, so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. But no, the quote is, we don't judge sick people when they walk into the hospital. So why don't we judge lost people when they walk into church? I've never seen anybody walk in the hospital and say, what are you doing here? Well, they're supposed to need to see a doctor, I guess, huh? Duh. Duh. I'm here to see a doctor. I never, no one ever said, I never heard that in my life in a hospital. I've been to a lot of them. But yet, when people come in here that look different, act different, smell different, and do things different than we do, we ask, like, what are you doing here? I thought this was the church where Jesus was. I guess I was wrong. See, me and my wife have this theory. We know why churches aren't getting filled up today. Hey, this, oh, Lord. Can I blame this on my wife, too? I probably can't. Oh, well, I'm going to. This is why our churches aren't filled. If we go out of here and act just like they do, why would they want to come here? They're no, you're no different than they are. You just come to church on Sundays. That's it. I wasn't going to say that. That was not even part of it. But that's the reason. You go to your job every day, and you're not the grant that comes to church on Sundays. Ha ha. Look at me now. I'm on stage preaching God's word. What am I doing on Monday through Friday? Or in my case, Saturday through Sunday. What am I doing at work? Am I laughing at the same dirty jokes? Am I, am I, is my mouth not clean when I'm at work? What's, what's wrong? That's not right. Why would they want to come where I go? Why? They're not going to ever. Why? Because I am no different. I can sit at home and be just like you and not waste my time at church every Sunday. Come on. Come on. I I know it's quiet, but I'm telling you the truth. We have to be different. God's called us to be peculiar people. That means different. We have to be different. We can't go out there and be the same as the world. That's not what God called us to be. We are different. He makes us different. One more time. We are different. Why? Because God makes us different, right? It's okay to say yes. Amen. That's right. Right? Preach. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, this is not a hard concept with me. I understand it. I get it. It's so simple that it makes me mad. 
It really makes me mad that I look up one day, I'm like, Grant, what am I doing? What are you doing, Grant? You're 42 years old. How many people have you brought to church to have their life changed in Jesus Christ? How many? I know it's not one of those, like I said, me and, me and uh, uh, Stephen back there talked about this earlier here. Well, he talked to me about it a little bit. It's not meant to be one of those hurrah, hurrah sermons. It's not. God, when he told me, when he spoke this week to me, I said, God, why do I get to, pr-? Pastor, I said it's going to be a, a fun one. Like, oh, land that plane. It's going to be great. But he started giving me words. And I'm like, God, this is not that fun. No one's going to like to hear about this. I'm like, thanks a lot for that. I mean, yeah, thank you for that. And so I'm like, but it challenged me. It challenged me. See, once again, I am not preaching to you what I already haven't preached to myself at home this week. You understand that? I'm not dogging for what you're not doing. I'm talking about me personally. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Guys, we have to be proactive, right? And as Mo comes back to the, to the stage, and we're going we're gonna to have a little prayer time. And what I challenge you is, see, we never, here's the key about church. You never want to leave church the same as when you came. If you do, we're not doing our job right. Newsflash, I know that's, that's a shocker, but if you leave the same as when you came with a problem or a trial or a situation and we didn't have time to pray for you, we, did our, we didn't do our job justice. See, that's what it's, see, this is what all this we do boils down to this one moment right here. All we do in church from the singing to the offering to the preaching boils down to this one very moment right here. This is what matters. Are you going to make that statement to be bold? See, here's what I pray. I pray, God, I pray people that aren't bold today would come up front and get prayer for boldness. Say, God, I want to be bold for you. I want to speak your truth at any cost. Come on, at any cost. That's scary. That's a scary statement. When I told that to God this week, I said, God, are you sure? At any cost? My reputation my occupation, my friends, my family, at any cost? Yeah, any cost. And once you do that, that's called being sold out. When you have no strings to catch you, when there's no safety net, that's when you know you're all in. So I pray today, when these prayer teams get on the wall or wherever they're at, and you want to get all in with Jesus, and I mean no holding back, I want you to get up here and get some prayer today. No matter what. You can get prayer team wherever you're at. Get there. It's fine. We're ready. And I want you to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to reach? Because you see people every day, guys, that I don't reach. I reach people you don't see every day. But we all have someone. You got them in mind right now. Matter of fact, they're in your thoughts right this very second. You know who it is. I challenge you. Guess what? Your friends, whoever you're thinking about right now, they may be a hair uncomfortable when you talk. Just maybe a little bit, okay? But it's worth them not going to hell because you made it a little uncomfortable for them that one time. It's okay.